Today's pod is brought to you by Waterfront Comics, located at 609 Main Street, Sassoon City, California. Open every day from 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. So if you're looking for a gift for an avid comic book reader or a collectible for a friend, come to Waterfront Comics. John is the guy to see. And if you can't come in person, no worries. Waterfront Comics does ship to home via their email, waterfrontcomics at gmail.com. Hey everybody, this is James and Marco and Abil and this is the Movie Pals podcast, podcast number 21. Today we're going to be going over what we've been watching. We bring back kind of a long forgotten topic, I guess, and then we are going to be reviewing the Netflix film The Outsider. Hey, what you watching? Son of Bill, what you watching? Well, um watched a few things but it's been a busy couple of weeks um excuses uh, yeah so <laughs> you'd be happy to i've been watching new shows so you know there's that it's not the same old thing uh but no repeats here but Just when i say new it's like a revival of an old show okay so, so <laughs> i started watching roseanne okay yeah all right you know Heard the 88 no it was a 1988 show that went like mostly popular in the 90s ended in 97 um starring Roseanne Barr and John Goodman, and they re, uh, revived it this year um, with all the original cast and crew. Well, I don't know about the crew, but the cast for sure. Yeah. And um, so basically, it's still the same kind of sitcom. Um, Twenty years, uh, well, actually, thirty years later. Wow. Um, almost right from when it first. Well, twenty years later, but thirty years from when it first started. Yeah. And they're just retired. Roseanne and uh, John Goodman's character. They're both at home they're trying to be grandparents all the family for whatever reasons living back with them um they're <laughs> supposed to be the american working class families so they're a little conservative um they don't they don't go they don't lean in the show they don't lean too far left they don't lean too far right they still have the aunt um darcy who's like super liberal and is all in your face about yeah. you know whatever kick is going on about being a vegan about being you know involved for women's rights and and not that environmentally friendly it's just that she's just a super liberal side of that and Roseanne's kind of just kind of a little little leaning to the right more not extremely conservative so would you say it's like well balanced yeah i think so did you watch it back in the day i did yeah and she was also conservative obviously still in that show um but they also show that there's except there's a lot of acceptance like her her son has a adopted child um another person is uh one of the her other grandkids got um gender identity uh issues issues or, he's trying to or figure not out issues but, but yeah he's, he's trying going to through gender identity. figure out what he wants to be so he's dressing in a lot of women's clothes going to school and they address that so they try to keep it sociable mm. as well and kind of keep it on topic with what's going on in society which i find is kind of refreshing for a show like that especially which could just easily be you know trashing on what public commentary is to trying to address a lot of things um, and it's still pretty funny. I will tell you, um, John Goodman is still the best actor in, in that show. Uh, <laughs> um, Roseanne seems kind of more, I don't know, maybe not remembering how much, uh, you know, how, how good her acting was back in the 90s. But so you um, can tell she's been out of the game for a while. Yeah, she's not, she's really not kind of brought anything new to it. But um, John Goodman does great. Um, of course, um, I can't remember her name, but the woman who plays Darcy, who was in um lady bird lady bird yep the mother she was in there that is her yeah, that's oh, her okay yeah. and um Oscar she does nominee. really good 
But it's a really funny show. They've only got like three season, three episodes in this season, but it's already been renewed for a second, one of the top seasons of the um, yeah uh, of this of what top shows of this year. I've actually never seen Roseanne. Oh really? No. I would casually watch it as a I kid. It never it never really caught my eyes much. Maybe like one or two episodes now that I think about it, but I I, I couldn't tell you what they were about. Yeah, same. Like. I can't. Re- yeah, I can only recall like certain scenes here yeah, and there. A there's too nothing white for my family. Nothing too. <laughs> I remember her laugh. Oh yeah, that's, like, that's show the, her laugh. That's the big thing. They would laugh. promote it always. Yeah, but it's it's a good little show to watch. Um, kind of a little bit nostalgic as well. Who, who would you recommend it to? Um, honestly, if you if you're looking for just something funny that's not in your face as far as what its uh, political views are, and it's just kind of. But you want something that maybe you can relate to a little bit more. It, it really is kind of the general American working class family. They're going through their struggles. They're going through, you know, they have their issues with their kids and mm-hmm. their family. And, and that's what they're showing at the whole time. Um, and that's kind of what the show originally was about, too. And, and I think it, they do good well kind of making it modern and, and sticking that in. So if, you, if you're just looking for something that's a bit wholesome like that, I think that's a good show to watch. And is it streaming anywhere? No, uh, well, it is on Hulu. It's okay. the day after it airs on, on television. Oh, nice. So All you right. can watch it on Hulu. The other new show that I'm watching uh, is called Good Girls, um, and Good Girls is about three suburban moms um, who find themselves in really desperate and dire circumstances and decide to stop playing it safe and risk everything to take to kind of, you know, get control of their lives. So they kind of go into the life of crime. Um, they oh, not, I've heard about this one. It stars um, Retta, which is, um, she plays Ruby Hill. Retta's from Parks and Rec. She plays Donna. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. Super funny lady. Uh, Annie Marks, that's uh, plays Mae Whitman. She was in that movie, The Duff. She was the main character. Oh, the the chick. Yeah. How old is she? She's thirty, I think. Wow. Yeah, twenty nine. I haven't, I haven't she seen The Duff. Teenager in that one. Yeah, she's a teenager, <laughs> and that wasn't that long God. ago. That movie. So, <laughs> um, and then Beth Bolin um, is is the character played by Christina Hendricks from Mad Men. She was Joan in Mad Men, and. It's it's very interesting because they're all just house, you know, well, they're not all housewives. They're working. One of them's a housewife. Um, they're trying to bring support to their family and their husbands are, you know, one one family, the husband's failing them. One doesn't have a husband. The other one, um, they're just really poor and they really just need circumstances hit them hard and they need mm-hmm. money. So they decide to rob a grocery store and then <laughs> they find out that the money they took Random. from the grocery store. Um, they thought it was going to be a couple grand or something like that they were going to take. Mm-hmm. Found out there was $300,000 there and in a okay. safe. And so they find out that, that lo- the grocery store was actually uh, a front. A front um, <laughs> oh, where there's some shit. people, it was, you know, they're laundering money there. And so those guys found out that she stole the money, although the, the three uh, women stole the money. And now they're kind of in bed with this crime syndicate um, to launder money. And it's just them every day trying to get through, or every episode trying to get through, you know, should they continue doing this? But the money's really good, but, you know, and, and it's kind of funny, too, how they go about it because they're trying to take control of themselves. But um, they they do, they're, they're, they really ham up the whole thing that they're not criminals, so they just try to find easy ways out to do things, and they don't realize how... how like uh, easy crimes. Yeah, how easy crimes are. Um, is what is it streaming right now too, or is it on the same thing? It's what? on um, it's it's on NBC, I believe. But oh, okay. um, the day after, I watch it on Hulu. Oh, there. nice, yeah. nice, really good. It's kind of funny, a little dramatic. It's a good mix of both. Um, so if anybody who's kind of looking for um something that's a uh, something different and new, I think it's actually a really good uh 
show to watch. And the cast is, I mean, they're all really good actors. So nice. I'm really enjoyable to watch. No, it sounds interesting. Yeah. Good stuff. But uh, that's what I've been watching. What about you, James? Um, so I, I, I actually have been quite busy too, I guess. So really, my main focus here is two films that I saw. Um, I saw the horror film slash thriller, A Quiet Place, which is directed by John Krasinski and it stars him and his real life wife as well. Emily Blunt is his wife in the movie. I liked it to a point, I guess. It's about basically post-apocalyptic kind of world, of course. One yeah. of those, yeah. like something happened. They don't tell you too much what happened. There's little tidbits of information scattered throughout the film that kind of hint at what might have happened. But basically, there's like these aliens slash monsters on Earth that are blind, but they go by, um, if they can hear you by sound, they can hunt you down and eat you. And they're basically, the most, most if not all, the population has pretty much been eliminated in this scenario of the story. And John, the story really follows John Krasinski's family. It's the Abbott family and um, how they kind of live. It's a very simple story. Um, there's not much past, like, this is how they're going to survive. And truthfully, the movie only takes place in like two days, I want to say. Yeah, at that. Yeah. I watched it. I also watched it with James as we saw the film. Um, and yeah, there's, it's, there's not a lot of, um, exposition. You kind of are just dropped in. Which um, I like though. Yeah. Which is that's, a good thing. That's kind of like, uh, it comes at night. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I think some criticism of the film is that you don't get to know that past, of like the information of what matters for this one. But the story is pretty interesting to a point and the family's very likable that I feel like it flows well enough that you don't need to know that stuff because it doesn't matter. The main focus is not even really the monsters. It's kind of like the unity of the family and what they have to do to survive. Right. Um, they had some good performances in it. I thought it still ran a bit too slow though. It's strange to say that because the movie's only an hour and 35 minutes. There was, there was a particular scene, um, where he's spending time with his son, and I think that that it trails that too trail a little bit long. Yeah, it is cool though. The concepts they use just sign language mostly. There's like yeah. first dialogue in the entire movie is into like forty minutes into it. That's actually pretty cool. Just kind of kind of nuts in a way, and then kind of like the walking on the sand and following their steps and what they have to do. All of it, it it's very creative. I like that part. So. Yeah, and it was it was a little creepy too. Um, there was a couple of jump scares, but um, I didn't think nothing it was scary too over at all. the top. No, no, not at all. I didn't. I didn't jump once. Was it thrilling though? At least. Yeah, it, the tension level in that movie is they pretty do build high. Up a lot of tension. Like they there. do yeah. really well with that, but I didn't think it was particularly a, like a true horror film. No, I wouldn't. Uh, yeah, I would agree with that. I don't think it's really a horror film in yeah. that sense. Would you say the trailer kind of throws you off that way? Um, a little bit. Yeah. It makes it come off that it's way like most terrifying film ever made. <laughs> it's like, okay, not really. Um, and I think this is John Krasinski's third film he's directed yeah. now, so he's definitely someone to keep looking out for. He's he's a very talented guy. So it's the first one of his. I think I'm a. I haven't seen it, but I'm gonna see it this weekend probably. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't think I've seen anything else of his outside of the he office. He's like two other like indie things, and then he's directed oh, gotcha. a couple episodes of The Office and all, right. all that stuff. So um, yeah. Not bad. Uh, the other movie I saw, I saw with Marco, um, was the comedy film Blockers. Yes. And I gotta say, I wrote this in a little mini review if anybody caught it on Facebook, but man, this might be like the start of something cool this year. 2018 might be like the comeback year for comedies. Oh, with a game night. A, yeah, game night yeah. first, and now Blockers, because man, this movie was really, really, really good. 
Those were two back-to-back hits. I yeah. gotta agree there. So Blockers is basically about three parents. It's played. Uh, it's Lisa, who's Leslie Mann, Mitchell, John Cena, and then Hunter. It's Ike Berenholtz, and um, they basically find out that their daughters. It's prom night. They're they've made like some weird sex pact, <laughs> and it's really Lisa and Mitchell that are the two that want to stop them because Hunter's. Kind of like the cool dad, I guess, in a way. He's he's estranged, yeah. technically. From his he's, more, he's like more in touch with the kids. Yeah, so he's kind of, he thinks they're going to ruin it. And then they kind of join on and it's kind of, it's one of those movies where it's a, it takes all place in one night and it's their zany adventures and how things mismatch and mix up and how they eventually get to trying to stop their kids in a way from having yeah. sex. Um, it sounds ridiculous, right? But it's actually really well done. It's yeah. quite hilarious. It's, it's there's more to it as well. They they bring up a lot of topics as far as like your relationship with a kid. Like I'm not, I'm not a parent, so like I can't relate to that. But I I it feels as if they got it that did right. really well. I think it doesn't cheap cheapen anything out too. And actually, I thought the movie would be really predictable, but it's not actually. It's Same. actually it's got some twists and turns. And I think the three kids too, or the teenagers. They did really well too. It's a movie where it's a it's a gender swap because usually these movies are about like uh, three dudes losing their virginity. Right. Yep. And I said this time it's females and it's a different perspective. And I think that was it's a smart way smart way of writing it in, and it shows. And I think the main the three parents are just hilarious. There's it's great dynamics. The, the movie blew. You my actually yeah you actually care about oh, yeah. even the parents too and the kids. You're like well yeah. maybe they shouldn't do that. <laughs> I don't have a uh, too much experience with seeing John Cena on screen, but I thought he was hilarious. He was, he's a scene he, stealer. He nailed his role really. Uh, but I thought like, like and Leslie Mann, she's always funny. Like I always like appreciate her work, so I thought that she did great in this. But a really good surprise because he seemed like very one dimensional was Ike Barinholtz's character. Yeah, he uh, was Hunter. so funny because he his you learn that his character is so much more than what's shown in the trailers. Oh yeah, he he comes off as kind of a piece of shit at first, <laughs> but as you learn throughout the night, there's a lot more that other people don't reach out enough, or they judge people before they actually know them. Yeah, and he's his character arc is surprisingly pretty deep on that one. So it's one of those things where everything worked really well. It's got a smart, funny script, and it's. Throughout, I was just I was I was laughing a lot, and like I said, this plus Game Night are just two really solid movies back to back, comedy wise. This might be the year of comedy. Hopefully, yeah. Two Cross good fingers. Yeah. I don't think there's even one from last year. Like so. Yeah, I can't. I can't. Think I can't, of one. I can't, think, I can't of think of any. There is uh, Thor, but that's not really a comedy, right? No, <laughs> it's a Marvel superhero film. <laughs> yep. And uh, what about you, Marco? What have you been watching? Uh, I've been watching a couple things. I watched. A fairly old movie. Well, actually, not that old. I saw uh, 2017's Power Rangers. It's a fun, <laughs> fun movie. Right? Yeah. Um, and it's, uh, for those of you who don't know, it's an action adventure. Uh, it's directed by Dean Israelite, who did Project Almanac as well, which I've never yeah, seen. I've never seen that film, though. But no, I've seen parts of it. Yeah, I've, I've heard You're of it, but I've never seen it. But. Uh, <laughs> Basically, the, the movie's based off the 1990s TV show of the same name. Uh, for those of you who have lived long enough to know what it is or seen the other versions of it over the past few decades. But essentially, like a, a group of high school outcasts uh, are infused with unique superpowers and they harness abilities in order to save the world from an evildoer. And it's it's kind of like the same premise as the TV show. It's kind of skewed a little bit. They weren't 
the kids weren't really outcasts in the show. They were just kind of like a bunch of they were supposed kids. to be though. Yeah, that's the, yeah, they, they just didn't do the, a the, really good job. Yeah, the kids in the show are supposedly supposed to be like these crazy teenagers yeah. mm-hmm. that are like living on the edge. Yeah, but the film does a much better job. In but, my opinion, of yeah. kind of showing that. Yeah, the movie stars uh, Dacre Montgomery as uh, Jason, the Red Ranger, who's also from Stranger Things. Uh, he plays the older brother that's a, a bully to uh, to Max and the rest of the kids. Uh, Naomi Scott as Kimberly, Kimberly the Pink Ranger. Uh, R.J. Siler as Billy, the Blue Ranger. Uh, Ludie Lynn as Zack, the Black Ranger. Becky G as Trini, the Yellow Ranger, and Elizabeth Banks as Rita Repulsa, and Brian Cranston as Zordon, which I thought was a pretty cool casting yeah. for Zordon, yeah. if, if you've yeah. been a fan of the show. Um, and I liked it overall. I thought it was fun, although like kind of hammy at times. But then again, it lives <laughs> the in the spirit of the show. Is, yeah. yeah, that's what I mean. I think they did a really good job at uh, kind of captioning the essence of the show and bringing it onto a movie and making it enjoyable. Um, the action sequences were really awesome. Um, but I think the best performances from the characters were probably from Dacre Montgomery, Naomi Scott, and RJ Seiler, the red, pink, and blue ranger were probably my favorite ones out of yeah. like all of them. Uh, the, uh, the rest were, they were okay. They just didn't seem as experienced. Did you read up on any like the behind the scenes stuff on that? Uh, no. I they didn't. removed a lot of things. Like, the pink, oh, uh, the Red Ranger and Pink Ranger have a scene where... Remember when he goes to her house? Yeah. They're supposed to, like, kiss and stuff. But they removed their romance entirely from the movie. Yeah. It, to it make did it look, focus more. But there's kind of... You can tell, Yeah, still. it looked like it was building it up, but they yeah. kind of, like, left that on the drawing board and, mm-hmm. and didn't do anything with it. Um, they didn't want to, like, overly sexualize the Pink Ranger, basically. Right. Which they kind of used to do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they, they, they did. I also like the switch that they did with uh, the black and blue ranger. Like in the 90s, it was different times. So the, <laughs> the the black kid was the black ranger and the Asian girl was the yellow ranger. Exactly. And it was, it was just, uh, yeah, it was just a little so too much. And we know that's not a I mean, girl <laughs> slash popular singer. I mean, it was, the uh, yeah, it was wrong for them to do it in the 90s at different times. And so, you know, they updated and I, I'm glad they did, did that change and address that. Although I will say in this movie, I think the Black Ranger is the least interesting one. Yeah. They tried to make him interesting. With his mom. early on. But yeah. I mean, the, he has like the least backstory, really. Yeah. And yeah. He kind of just shows up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, what's this guy doing? Like hanging around these... Can I join your Power Ranger group? Yeah, I was hanging around this construction <laughs> site in these hills. Anyway. Um, but I really like the part when, the, when they actually like fully become the Power Rangers and, yeah. and get the suits and... They get into the Zords for the first time, which are these giant uh, mechanical robots that look like dinosaurs, and they play the original theme song from the oh, show. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and I cool. was just like, "Fuck yeah!" They have a little. This couple, is what I fucking I got a couple want. of things too, like uh, the Green Ranger and Pink Ranger. They're two yeah. of the original ones. Uh, really? Near the end. Yeah. When they're the like, end, whoa, in the crowd. and they see him, they're right there in the front. He's oh, wearing green, shit. a green shirt, and yeah. she's wearing something pink. Yeah. I I didn't I didn't catch that. I didn't guess at all, but um, it, it mirrored like the same scene from the show whenever they would get into their swords, and I really liked that, and um, I liked it. I, I recommend it to anybody who's like a fan of the show. If you have ever seen the Power Rangers and were a fan of it as a kid like I was, uh, go see it. Otherwise, I'd, I don't think anyone else would really appreciate this movie. Um, it's streaming on Amazon Prime, and um, I don't want to spoil it, but stay till after the credits if you do watch it, because they're... There is a little bit more after, and I think it's pretty cool. Other than that, uh, I started to watch the 
new season, the third season of the sci-fi show, The Expanse. Um, and it's a sci-fi show on the Sci-Fi Channel. Um, it's on Wednesdays at 9 p.m. 8 if you're in Central. But uh, I've mentioned the show before, I believe. But basically, like, the whole story of the show in a nutshell is 200 years in the future. Uh, police detective uh, in the asteroid belt within our solar system. Um, the first officer of an interplanetary ice freighter and an earthbound United Nations executives slowly discover a vast conspiracy that threatens the Earth's rebellious colonies on the asteroid belt. Because, hmm. like, it's in the future, so basically humanity has colonized all of our solar system, which means that we have, like, people spread around, like, planets and asteroids and moons and stuff like that. Um, it starts uh, Cass Anvar as Alex Kamal, uh, who, fun fact, was in one of James' favorite movies, Punisher Warzone. <laughs> you have no uh, idea. Uh, Wes Chatham as Amos Burton, who plays uh, Caster in Hunger Games, um, and then uh, Dominic Tieper as Naomi Nagata, and also Thomas Jane as Joe Miller, who's Thomas also another Jane's Punisher in it too. Wow. Yeah, wow. But, who was um, also in Punisher? Yeah, exactly. This is another Punisher movie, not the original original one though. Yeah. Uh, it also stars uh, Shorey uh, Agashlu as Christian. Avasarala, who's one of my favorite characters in the TV show. And uh, overall, I'm a huge sci-fi nerd. So needless to say, I, I, I love this show. I think it's like amazing. The special effects are great for a TV show. Um, and it has a sense of reality to it that I think that lacks in many other uh, sci-fi shows these days. Uh, it tries to incorporate like real science, which I'm like a huge nerd about. Neat. The characters are lovable. You get to know this crew and cast and care for them. And you get to know little bits of their backstories every episode. Um, the third season is off to a great start because the second season goes batshit insane. And a lot of stuff happens in there that catapults like the rest of the plot. And they leave off from that and the consequences from those actions. But um, if you like uh, any type of sci-fi, I highly recommend it. Um, there's plenty of action. There's plenty of story. Um, and I think it's it's a well-developed script. So it's, again, on Sci-Fi Channel, Wednesdays at 9 p.m., The Expanse. Check it out. You've been telling me to watch that, so. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that's pretty much all I've been watching, just those two things. Very nice. Yep. Awesome. Let's uh, move on to our topic of the week, then. It's the topic of the week. So originally when we made this podcast, we we brainstormed for quite some time actually on what we wanted to do. We knew we wanted to focus on movies. Um, at one point we thought maybe let's review films from our past that um, affect maybe we thought we're better before, not so good this time around. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Probably see if there's any like reboots that, you know, yeah. make it better. Yeah, things like that. That happened a lot too. Um we also actually talked about video games quite a bit we tried to yeah i want to say we might have never brought it up during our official podcast but we actually did these four super secret ones beforehand where you don't want to hear probably because the quality <laughs> May maybe insane. one day we'll release them may and probably not i think we <laughs> this is back when we still only had one mic 
Yeah, yeah. No headphones. We're just like, yeah. hopefully it sounds good. <laughs> and then we just used it. We had no like guides on stuff. We would just shotgun every um, topic. And shotgun. Basically, <laughs> we would never edit them. We would just send them to friends and family and be like, what do you think? And they'd be like, a lot of dead space. Yeah. I'm like, cool, thanks. We're running a little too um, long there, guys. And I think that's, we used to. So we, well, Nabil was, Nabil did a lot of kind of, um, he had a lot of rough drafts on topics this week. It was and, a lot of yeah. brainstorming. Uh, didn't all go over very well. But essentially, we remember that we actually review a lot of stuff in media and entertainment too, and that's a yeah. broad yeah. spectrum. Especially to movies from. and TV. You'd think to finish the trifecta, it'd be video games, technically. So yeah, we're gonna try something a little different here today and go over something called a, our video game corner. Yeah. And and the whole purpose behind this is we're going to just talk about a game that we're either playing right now or recently finished um, and kind of go over and describe it a little bit and just really share that with you and see, you know, see if that's if I know there's some gamers listening to this and see if that's something that, you know, you'd be interested in playing. You know, it's kind of like our own mini review of a video game um, or at least our experience with it right now. So, um Let's start. Let's start with Marco. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the game that you had. You know, just let let the people know what the genre was and uh, give some details about it and what your experiences have been. Well, I've been playing a game that's been out for about a year now, give or take. Um, it's uh, the Friday the Thirteenth game that's uh, out right now for both uh, Xbox and uh, PS4. Basically, the the game is a semi open. <laughs> third world survival horror game that's based off the movie franchise of the same name from the 1980s and it's a multiplayer with up to eight people able to who are able to play at once and is it's essentially like a virtual hiding hide and seek game that's like the best way to describe it where one to seven one to seven people play as counselors and then one random player is chosen to play the iconic character of uh, Jason Voorhees, who goes out to hunt and kill all these counselors, or as many as possible. Meanwhile, the, the counselors are tasked with surviving the 22-minute rounds by one of four choices. Call the police, fix a vehicle like a car or boat and escape, run out the clock and duck and dodge Jason, or try and kill Jason, which is the hardest of the four options. And each choice has different variables that make the situation unique and uh, challenging. So it's not necessarily like a game you can beat, so to speak. It's it's sort of like a online uh, platform game where you you play with other players, either your friends or a bunch of random people. And I, I kind of like that format. I'm really like enjoying it. For some reason, I can't stop playing this fucking game. I <laughs> didn't even want to get it at first until I was like, it's pretty cool. Yeah, true. Like James <laughs> convinced me. I thought it was, re- trust me, I thought it was really stupid at first because there was an original Friday the 13th game that came out for the original Nintendo system. And it was like one of the hardest games and horribly crafted games you'll ever play. But so you ba- wait, you're telling me you're, you based your bias on a game that was made like 30 years ago. And you're like, you know what? I'm good. Like, well, Marco, I own that game. Because well, because <laughs> I know I told you to buy it. I didn't. I like. I didn't know the concept until he explained it to me, and that makes a lot more sense because that's kind of like reading on the history. That's actually what made uh, the original creator uh, Cunningham. That's what made him want to work with Gun Media, who developed the game, 
to do this because he said that's the only way that this game's going to work is right. if it's a multiplayer game. It, it worked out well too because the developers of this this game started out as a like a completely generic um, game where um, it had a counselors and they got killed by a killer basically. It was called something totally different. It wasn't even until halfway through production that they got the Friday the Thirteenth rights. So that shows you that they didn't just tack on. Um, like, oh, we're gonna make a movie based, a uh, game based on this. They actually were developing a game regardless yeah. of it. So that shows they were able to skin it. That's why it's a lot more refined, I think, yeah. too. Yeah. So in the game, there's 13 cou- counselors to choose from to play. They just added a 13th one in the last uh, update, and each one has different skills and perks. Some run faster. Some get scared more easily. Some can hide better, etc. And each one of these factors determines which one and what type of player you're going to be, whether you're going to be a defensive player or an offensive player or someone kind of in the middle. Um, there's also nine different Jasons that you can play, eight of which are from the movies. And then there's one specially crafted Jason that they developed. They call the Tom Savini Jason, which they basically like made for the game. The random With the different Jasons, like they each have different abilities too. Some can run, some cannot, some are stronger um some are faster it it just depends um the jason is also like super powered he's got like different abilities that he uses throughout the game for instance there's one called morph where he can get from one place of the map to another increasingly fast uh there's one called shift where he can speed up and boost up his speed and becomes kind of like a spirit which are type. pretty fun because it, it's basically you know to like how these movies are slasher films like yeah how yeah. the fuck do they run up the stairs and then they go jump out the building and they're exactly. running fucking <laughs> top speed like a Jamaican athlete and then yeah. out of nowhere they look up and fucking Jason's there. He's like, there. What the hell? Also like when they can't hear him, there's an ability called stock, which like reduces all the sound you make as Jason and you can just sneak up on people and you know kill them. Um it's also fun to play the the, the counselors because you can either choose to team up and try to escape or try to dodge Jason or play on your own and try to survive like that, which is, it's pretty challenging. Cause like I said, they make Jason super fucking strong and it's meant to romanticize the character of Jason and it's made for him to win every single round, even though that doesn't exactly happen. But, um, I enjoy it. I it's, I say it's similar to maybe like the Fortnite battle Royale and player knowns battlegrounds type of format where you just play round after round and each one can be different depending on the skill of the players. So if if you like or are into these types of games uh, that are just like that, there's no linear storyline, um, or you're a casual gamer and you don't have time to play a full storyline, I, I recommend this game. Or if you're a fan of fucking Jason and hor- the horror genre, then give it a shot. I think it's like only 40 bucks on uh, on Xbox Live, which is the platform that I'm playing on on Xbox One. So, yep, that's the game I've been playing. What about you, James? What have you been playing? Um, I've actually been playing a ton of games, but <laughs> I'm trying to focus on one here. So the one uh, that I've been kind of dabbling with here on and off, I'm playing the Shadow of the Colossus uh, reboot, remake. Remaster. That came out. Remaster. Well, not even a remaster because it's totally built ground up. Yeah. So, uh, funny story, I've owned this game three times, and I just never, <laughs> never beaten it. Can't beat it. So Can't crazy. beat this fucking game, dude. My favorite PlayStation 2 game, this one. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah. That, you're taking it back, then. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I don't know. Um, <laughs> no, that's So, cool. original one, well, yeah, the original one came out in 2005. Yeah. I remember buying it. I, I beat, like, the first guy, then traded it in, or something like that. 
Um, and then it got re-released on PS3 in 2011. I bought that too. It was uh, yeah, that's right. It was packed with Shadow of Oh no, no, Shadow of the Colossus and Eco, which is their first game. Uh, basically, Shadow Colossus. This reboot came out in uh, February 6th, this of this year. Uh, this is developed by SCE Japan Studio and Team Ico, who are notorious for taking uh, forever and a fucking half to release any game. Yeah. Uh, like delay upon delay upon delay. Um, so the basic story is this is set in some kind of alternate universe in a way. Like it's very Japanese. Entire thing's Japanese. They t- t- speak in Japanese. It's English subtitled, but. You're a young, like a young man. It's very mysterious. There's no dialogue of who no. the fuck you are. <laughs> uh, you show up at this temple and you're trying to save like a loved one, uh, bring her back from death. And like the gods challenge this guy to defeat the 15 colossi mm-hmm. around the area. And basically this is a boss battle game. There's not too much, um, like you take them out one by one basically. Yeah. And there's certain things you are using, like your sword and bow, to expose weak points on the creatures. Uh, that's how you take them down, because uh, these things are massive. Think of, like, never-ending story kind of big with the mountain and shit, of how mm-hmm. big the monsters are. Like, they're giant. They're, they are colossi, basically. And you're climbing them. Uh, you have to use some kind of... There's kind of some puzzles to this one, in a way. They're nothing too hard so far. Uh, where you need to find out a way of how to get on top of the Titan without them discovering you. Um, you have a meter that shows your like grip on something, and if you're getting tossed around, you need to find a way to regain yourself while on these Titans. Um, the boss fights are really well done, though. That's actually pretty cool. Yeah, yeah it's really it's... fun so far. There's 15 Titans total. So far, I've killed six of them. And the story itself is unfolding that every time you do this, something kind of comes out of you or you are being more possessed by these kind of creatures. Um, do you gain like new abilities? When, no, as you, like, no, you have every ability you need from the get go. You are who you are. There oh. are some random collectibles in here, like lizards and these fruit trees yeah, that are harder than things. hell to find, yeah. by the way. Um, super hard to find. Uh, this game, by the way, is on uh, PS4 exclusive. And this one really takes. Um, advantage of the ps4 pro you have two options on this one you can go full 1080p with 60 frames a second or you can go full resolution which is going to be 40k and it dips up to about 30 to 60 depending on the the sequences themselves but it looks really good in 4k um what that means is the picture quality will look super fucking clean yeah yeah so you can go performance or picture quality so it's either one or the two so far i i got into this one because i beat the last garden which is uh Team Ico, Japan Studios' last game that they came out with, which was about the um, boy Trico. Oh, no, sorry, the creature Trico and this young boy, and they're getting through like a kind of a ruins of in this area, and there's more to it, obviously. But um, they all have very similar themes, all three games they've released, um, and somehow they actually all somewhat connect, mm-hmm. which is kind of cool. But um, for a, re- a reboot, a reboot, this is a pretty fun game so far. This is I'm definitely going to beat it this time. Like third time's a charm, I guess. Because <laughs> <laughs> well, you you can tolerate the screen too. It's really nice. Or you, so. I or, guess, or, man. or you can just wait it out. Wait for a <laughs> wait new for system the, to come out. And they they it again. Another, uh, another what? Thirteen years later. Yeah. So uh, no, solid game so far. Um, I just really need to sit down and just beat the damn thing. Yeah. yeah. Because the like I said, getting to the colossi is not even tough. But um, it's a very kind of slow-paced game because all there are no other enemies other than the Colossi. Oh. Those are the only things you kill, and I've already killed almost half of them. So 
at what point it's like okay so but i've so far i'm enjoying it i like the whole kind of mystery of everything and overall a solid game i'd recommend it to if you've played uh the old one apparently this is a really good way to kind of relive it again uh if you were a fan of the original ps2 game eco or if you enjoyed the last guardian on ps4 which i really liked a lot it's why i kind of focus on this one now um if any of those work out that's kind of the way to go so that's what i'd recommend very cool awesome yeah good game to play uh what about you doing nabil well me um i've also uh well i've been playing an older game than both of you guys i guess comparison um i have been getting back into uh final fantasy 15 which came out in 2016 that's a game i need to get back in that's a game i need actually to marco start. owns it too we all own this fucking game <laughs> i uh i haven't even opened it yet talk about a game that looks good in 4k now yeah finally looks... got all the updates so so as a general premise final fantasy 15 is a japanese role-playing game what they call jrpg um and the general story and this is as clean as you're gonna get um as far as understanding it they don't yeah it's a <laughs> here we go after leaving his home city of insomnia young prince noctis who's the main character embarks on a journey with his closest friends which is gladiolus prompto and ignis um to reclaim his throne yeah there you go that's that is the bare bones Anything more that is told to you about this story, you will get confused with. And also, that, it'd be a spoiler. So it would be a story. Right? Wanna... There's there's a lot going in on the game, but so if you're not aware of the Final Fantasy series, um, they're essentially, for the most part, early on they were said like kind of fantasy medieval times, um, and then as they've kind of moved forward, they've kind of gotten like alternate worlds that still have some medieval elements. Yeah, I was gonna say, isn't like an alternate universe? Or or yeah. They work with swords. They they have like magic in the universe, and some crisis happening, and some unfortunate you know person who is pure of heart is taking up a. I want to say they've forward. they've stuck with that future kind of theme for a while. Yeah, the um, last few, the last series, the last yeah. one that was even remote in the numbered series at all because spinoffs are yeah, insane. By the way, are, are you talking about the time when they bring that fucking sword gun? Because do they bring that? That's back? Final Fantasy um, Eight. That's something. That's a that's cool a weapon. futuristic one. But nine was probably the last one where they went with a old kind of a theme yeah um like because i think well other than 11 and 14 which are online but i mean 10 um 12 especially mixes a lot of steampunk into it yeah. and then you played thir- you barreled through 13, 13 for yeah. some reason 13 was fun um <laughs> I, I commend you on that so so i mean there's a lot of numbers obviously in the series and there are a lot of spin-offs and the series itself has been going on for about 35 years 30 years something like that yeah late 80s man yeah uh, um but the core of the game is still the same. You um, have a you play as a character. They have some kind of mission to achieve, and um, you're fighting monsters as you're going through, leveling up your character from very low to fifty or hundred or whatever else it is. And you mm-hmm. gain experience. You can get goodies. Um, one of the things about Final Fantasy that's always been really interesting is that they've got a lot of uh, side quests. So you have like your main Time, mission, yeah. um, and then you have side quests where you can do stuff on the side to get better weapons you know better gear some cool little nitpicks about the story you can get some of them give you brand new characters if you know what you're looking for so kind of like assassin's creed then yeah kind of like that but more in a role-playing version of it essentially so you're taking yeah. turns fighting somebody i would yeah. say assassin's creed is closer to ubisoft kind of how they do that how they do the it, tower yeah. shit mm-hmm. even in far cry it's like that but um are you enjoying the story y- you know so when i first played it in 2016 
Did you restart it, by the way, or did you like... No, I just kind of picked up where okay. I went off. So when I first started it, what's interesting about this game is that it's actually set in the present day. The present fantasy day. So <laughs> as present as it can get. So there usually aren't any cars in this game. You're in a nice car that you're driving around. Yeah, I was about to say, because I saw a car like in one of the stills. Yeah, it's usually like this guy's walking across the world. He finds a boat. He starts going on a boat. He finds a airship, yeah. which is like essentially a plane... But a ship or a in chocobo. the air, or or a chocobo, um, which is just little birds like they look like ostriches but canaries at the same time that you kind of sit on and travel. Giant yellow them. birds, yeah. kind of creepy. Although yeah. some are black and some are they golden. have colors. Yeah, they yeah. have colors. Um, and you you know that's all that it is. But in this game, you have a car. They have roads. They have a system. They have big cities that you drive in and out of. You have boats. Isn't the car naughty? It's kind of like an Audi. Yeah. yeah no, I think it's a real. <laughs> it's like, like a, a Bentley. It looks like. Um, I think they have a real brand on this one. I don't remember there being a brand on it, I but it might be. This is the first one. Sorry, I keep butting in, but it's mm-hmm. like, I know they even did like cup of noodle in this one. Oh, I they, just finished a cup of noodle mission. Okay. Talk about advertisement. There's right? like so <laughs> like the whole mission is like perfect cup of noodles. I really appreciate the fine ingredients they put in. It was like this the whole segment that feels like through. that shit's garbage. <laughs> is this teaching you how to cook? Is that is that what it's they doing? Do. So also part of Final Fantasy, they add on this game you get to go fishing. So you can go fishing and level up that. So one some one of the guys are a photographer. So you take a lot of pictures. Another guy likes to cook. So now you're not actually cooking, you're just telling them to cook. And you right. eat you have to eat you know, to level to get some kind of extra points or XP boost, take right? yeah, take a nap so you sleep to end the day, which I find is tedious. By the way, do you sleep with that's, your character? It's a callback to um, <laughs> to Final Fantasy like four and five. Oh, really? Yeah, because you just have to use tents and shit in that one. Too. Yeah, they use tents and everything, yeah. and like you have to to get your experience points for the day that you're playing. You end have it. to end it, which I would be fine with, but the days are very short. They're like about ten minutes. You know, 10, 15 minutes, and then the new day. How far are you into it right now, though? I'm, I think, about halfway through the game. I started doing some more of the main mission. I was trying to level up my character. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it's 50-hour game? 50 or 60-hour game? Play, to play the main mission straight through, it's about 40 to 50 uh, okay. hours. But with Psychos and everything, if you really try, you can easily put 100 hours in. Um, plus, Jeez. are you the type that likes to do all the Psychos? That's my, I have, like, super OCD. No, so I, I want to, like, do just... everything. Yeah. Never play a co-op so, game with Nabil. No, he will Nabil check every fucking everything. room. I'm like, Nabil, so we gotta go, bro. There's zombies. He's like, hold on, man. I think I saw something. Like, Always have to try to pick something. So else you're, you're, you're telling us it's gonna take you 20 years to beat this that's, game, Nabil. All right. So if we do Game Corner fantasy, again, though. you're just gonna update us on on this. They game. they meet all my needs. I just keep going in and trying to find something else. I'm like, but I have to do this before I do the main. But mission. you know what? Sometimes you just get that RPG fix. You yeah. know, and like and you're in the itch for it now, right? Yeah. Kind of like that. It's been really good. I'll tell you what I really like about the game too is i i didn't think i was gonna like it at first but the combat system so in in traditional rpg games at least final fantasy they're mostly turn-based so i go and make a move on whatever my attack is Mm -hmm. and then i wait and the other the enemy goes and attack and you just kind of go back and forth like that but in this game you don't you can just attack there is like a wait time if you lose like stamina or something like that but for the most part it's pretty fast-paced action that you're going through and it's actually pretty fun the way they set up the environment where you can just keep battling and change up weapons. And the higher level you get, more you get different um, gear that like it just feels more uh, satisfactory when you're fighting somebody and being able to change out your weapon four or five times. And you can like sprint and teleport across different villains all back and forth. And yeah, it's it makes for a really fun and kind of exciting fight. Man, you're making me kind of want to play this. Right yeah, now. it it gets pretty yeah, fun. same. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Well, and and not to mention it looks great. It does. And and what what I really think is cool is that Square Enix. This so this game was ten years in the making. Um, it was called something else before, uh, and the name escapes me. I want to say it was Crystal Novellus, right? That's what when I was trying to spin off of Final Fantasy Thirteen. It was it was off of Thirteen. They were doing like a Crystal Novellus uh, series. It's essentially. The whole world is based off of this crystal. <laughs> I don't know. Um, Dude, I hate it. Like, just yeah, it's right like the life force of the world, and they were trying to build off of that. Um, and this has this as well, the crystal elements. But um, for some reason, it, it went through development, it went underground. Nobody thought it was going to come back. And all of a sudden, it showed up 10 years later, and they made a game out of it. Yeah. Um, but what's, what's interesting about it is that Square Enix is putting so much... Uh, uh, time into this game that they're supporting it. They've they've done four de- three four um, big episode DLCs that are on the side. Mm-hmm. Um, they have uh, events that happen throughout. You know, every two three months they have like big game events that you go to the space and like one they did like a, a carnival event. Um, Assassin's Creed. They did Assassin's Creed event. Um, they have a. They just put in a multiplayer mode, so you can actually play online with other people in that. That's pretty cool. They even the added uh, VR support. They have the, the VR support. PS4 they did the yeah. Royal Edition, where they're adding more missions on it, and they're adding more DLC coming in the future. Plus, they did the upgrade to uh, 4K. Like, yeah, they finally. Imp- by the way, that took forever. Yeah, I was technically that's that's been my excuse this entire time why I didn't start it was because the 4K update was supposed to come in the January after because it was re- mm-hmm. it released what December 2016 I want to say. Yeah. And then I remember January didn't come. It didn't come for like nine fucking months. It took months, a long dude. time for the game, for that to yeah. come out. And it supposedly, you know, I don't have a 4K TV, but just looking at the videos online, it looks way better than what I'm looking at. And yet mine is still on its package. <laughs> Brand new. Yeah. Um, Bought it for his Christmas. If, it just like kind of what <laughs> James got it for me for Christmas. Two years ago. I still have two years ago. <laughs> I still well, that's when, how long it. I've had the game. I was I was actually when I wanted this game is when I was getting married to obviously uh, my wife I was uh, in St Louis, and I was so desperate to play the game and while I was in Missouri I didn't have access to my console so I played remote on PlayStation with the, the remote feature to try to at least start it and was able to do like you know five ten hours into the game remotely <laughs> nice. just so I could play a little bit of it while I'm just over there a taste. <laughs> But um, like James was saying, you know, the, one of the things I um, I think if you're interested in RPG games or you're wanting to find a fix on being able to do something a little different and that you have the time to spend on, this is the kind of game um, I would recommend playing. Awesome. Yeah. Well, that's our game corner here, guys. Let us know if you like that. Yeah, we'll probably do some more every once in a while here. Yeah, yeah. sprinkle it in. It's kind of fun, actually. Look at that. Uh, let's move on to our review of the new Netflix film, The Outsider. Do you know what it means? It's a fable. The koi fish who can swim up a waterfall becomes a dragon. I see that look in your life sometimes we fight the current other times it's important to flow with the river all right guys so this movie was actually recommended to us by a listener friend of ours uh anthony perez he asked uh what our opinion could be on this one so just as a quick little um imdb summary on this one 
The Outsider is an epic set in post-World War II Japan and centered on an American former GI who joins a Yakuza. Uh, directed by Martin Zanvili, uh, starring Jared Leto as Nick Lowell, Taranobu Asano as Kiyoshi, Kipai Shina as Orochi, Shioli Katsuna as Miyu, and Emil Hirsch as Polly Bowers. Um, starting with the bill here. What did you think of The Outsider? Wow. Which, by the way, released in um, February this year, I believe. Yeah, just counted so this year. So, not technically the newest. Fairly new. Mm-hmm. Hey, it's a recommendation. Just want to let you know. Hey, Bill? Just want to commend James on his pronunciations over those Japanese names. He did very well, because I wouldn't <laughs> have been able to do that. <laughs> I was practicing earlier. <laughs> in the mirror. Yeah. Uh, I saw him. Taro Nabo Asano. I, I didn't necessarily love the film. Um, I thought it was okay. Um, it was very interesting, um, the concept, but um, I think the, where, what what they were focusing on wasn't as interesting because um, I got confused and lost in the plot. Oh, definitely. Yeah. No, I, I agree. Um, I felt yeah. like there was potential that it could have been really good. Maybe they did a miniseries. I don't know. But um, from what I saw, I was like, uh, okay, you know, it seems like kind of been there, but done that. Marco? What to say about this movie? <laughs> um, I'm, uh, I, I agree with uh, Nabil. Uh, though I'm a little more harsh on it, I I didn't like the movie at all. Um, I struggled with it I a did lot. Too, yeah, but strangely enough, not the worst film I've seen. Yeah, no, no. Film. I mean, look, it's not. It's not the. It's not as far as it's not as bad as Bright. I'll tell you that. But <laughs> there's it's it's uh, it's not so a good no, movie. You're right, you're it's right. okay. It, there's little to no <laughs> exposition. I agree that the, the characters aren't developed. Though I did like uh, Tadanobu Asano's performance. Um, he's also a Shogun in the Thor movies, by the way, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, Jared Leto was flat as fuck in this movie. Yeah, he like, added he, no real value to it's me. Like he, he, it's like he phoned it in, man. I, di- I didn't care. Which is weird because he was chosen specifically for this film. Yeah. So. I think he was chosen just to sell the film. That's my opinion. But I like it, it's just... There's, there's not, like I said, there's not enough background. You, you think that they're gonna have some flashbacks throughout the film and kind of explain these characters, but you don't. Um, I think the action was spread too thin too, because I, I was telling a Bill earlier that if you're gonna kind of take away from the backstory and the character development, you gotta include more action. It's almost like you, you gotta, have, you have to exceed somewhere else. Though. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I just, I think they had kind of a good idea because the the yakuza were very interesting in, in this but i think they just they missed their point in this movie that's that's all i can say about it what what did you think um i got to agree with marco here um a little bit of debils too it's not like the um Helen Mirren movie we watched earlier this year the witch not the oh, witch house. But, um winchester winchester it's not oh. as bad as winchester yeah that movie and it's not yeah. as bad as bright uh but it's not a particularly good movie no. p- period Jared Leto kind of phoned it in here. I, I didn't care for his character at all. No. They don't ever really make a strong point of why he ever wants to join the Yakuza. Mm. Like, that's, that was oh. my biggest issue. I'm like, okay, the, he did this. He did, you know, these random killings. It's like, but why? <laughs> and, and, you know, they even make a, a point where uh, the character Kyoshi goes and tells Jared Leto's character um, that joining the Yakuza is a decision. And it's like, so yeah, what but, was his decision to join it, you know? You could easily tell, like, a lot of better written films can probably tell through exposition of right, why yeah. something happens. But, man, I was searching throughout this through trying to struggle to stay awake as well. Uh, same. I, I knocked out twice trying to watch this movie. I, I 
I didn't knock out, but it got close. It got to that point where, did this happen? Let me rewind 10 seconds. That's what I could there's, do. I'd knock out and have to go back. Like, wait, did I miss something? Where are we? Right I was like, man, there, if they could only get to the point. Yeah, there's just no uh, explanation for the actions. I, I agree that like just not knowing what the motivations for Jared Leto's character, what for what Nick's motivations are, uh, why, why the Yakuza are so interested in this guy just because he did them one solid. I'm like, I'm pretty sure you're probably going to do a little more than that for, for these guys to, to show interest in you. I think um, they spliced, essentially, like, it's almost like two movies, right? Like, you have the movie about Jared Leto and his character that we know nothing about. and yeah. we get, It's like he was already established and we're just kind of in here now. Yeah. And then you have the film about the Yakuza, which I found was more interesting overall, that story. Yeah. Um, and, then, and they're just kind of putting them together. But, it, you know, if they were just doing the film about the Yakuza and forgot about the Jared Leto character, I would have found that more interesting. Yeah. I, th- I think I knew the direction this movie was going when it just like when it starts and you, you know nothing and it goes through. This it's like experience. a series of yeah. events that just it, keep happening. Like, yeah. This is scene one. Right. This it, is scene two. But, uh, but like in reference to like the beginning with where where he, Nick is in jail and he's going through all this shit and you feel this this harsh tension and animosity between them. And then after he goes through all that in jail, it's like all oh, this this you know American in a foreign country. Then it tells you that they're in 1955, and I'm like, that's really poor storytelling. Yeah. 54, but yeah, it's like you you might want to lead with that also, because you're not with, sure what time frame. Yeah, is this jumping, in. well, because dude, the sets themselves are kind of poorly done in this one. Yeah, too. <laughs> you can tell the budget was not in sets. It looked like they use existing sets from now, and are like, hopefully they think it's the 50s because mm-hmm. we have an old like Buick in the front or some shit. Yeah, the only time I knew that it was in the 50s is when I saw a car. Yeah, uh, yeah, when they pick him up, yeah. especially, I was like, oh, this mm-hmm. is weird. Because before then, other than, I guess, the guard uniforms, you would never know this. You yeah. would just think, oh, this guy's stuck in some prison. And, uh, never mind. What the hell? It's 1954? Yeah. It just it just comes out of nowhere, and it's like... His haircut <sighs> screams 2016. Right? Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> who okayed this? Like, this like, is okay, not, not, not good. I don't know if super culture um uh, accurate, but um, I guess. Did uh, anything you, work for you guys, though, in this movie? The action scenes, um, what little they were. I, I mean, I didn't like that he was like super overpowered when a big action scene happened. Like, I didn't know that he could do that. He's just badass. Yeah, right? he's just badass all of nowhere. Because, um, like, okay, like Marco yeah. was saying in prison, it didn't seem like he could do anything. But when they did show the action scenes, um, they were interesting. They, they, Is that the exposition? They livened it up for me. <laughs> <laughs> he's a fucking He's just assass- a fucking weapon, he's right? He's an assassin. But yeah, even, even still, like, I. I agree with the bill that that's probably the the saving grace of the movie. It what if what little it has is is just action, and that was my main issue. It's it, it's like why didn't we have more of this? Because this seems like more. It probably actually would have helped. Probably explain his character more. They spend like an hour and twenty minutes of the movie not going to quote war. Bro, he doesn't even get out of prison. I felt and then into the Yakuza for like an hour. Yeah, it takes forever. Uh, yeah. It's, it's like yeah, it's like a good thirty minutes that he's in there, and I'm I'm just like okay, okay like, so get out of there, come on. So is there any other type of like recruitment type thing that he's got to do before he joins the Yakuza? Nope, they're no. just like come come to our office, come come into our important meetings. Oh, it's because he saves Kiyoshi. Yeah, but they let Kiyoshi's him into been the... like amping him up for months apparently. Yeah. Oh really? Yeah. See, I didn't. That was it's months later me. from that point that he gets picked up. So, like, Kiyoshi's been out of prison at that point. I so see. that's why he's like, I'm going to get someone to get you out of there. 
Oh man, it's super lost on that part. Or I'm totally wrong. I don't know. No, no you could be right. I just it's, it's probably one of the moments where I spaced out. And I'm just like looking at my oh, phone. The first like, ten How minutes. Much longer is this? <laughs> <He's> <laughs> just, <laughs> already out cold. Mark over here. He's like, <laughs> no. I, it just. I understand if like you want to do little to no story on a character. Sometimes it works. Sometimes They're trying it's to very go for that mysterious hook yeah. with it, but it doesn't but, work, and it makes you. I didn't give a shit what happened. Yeah, it, it, it depends on the performance of the actor, too, because you look at a movie like Drive with Ryan Gosling where there's little to no explanation on his like story. But oh, they, but see, but exposition. Exactly, exactly. Just, just bleeds in that movie. And also, you know, just his, his performance, the fact that it looked like Jared Leto was just not into this movie and he just wanted a paycheck. Like, that's what it's I like, felt. I'm just making my next one yeah. before Suicide Squad. It's like, you only got like five lines. You don't got to say much. Just walk and around. Actually, and look your handsome. guy technically never really learns Japanese. No. Uh, <laughs> does, he? Do, does he though? Kind of near the end. Because they, I was telling the bill, like at the end, it it looks like he's kind of understanding. Like he's got this look. It's the only time where he has any expression on his face. And Jared Little <laughs> looks like he's understanding a little bit, and he utters some phrases in Japanese. And I'm like, what the fuck did this happen? I'm like, well, could they've shown a he's scene been there where, for like a year, where him and his girlfriend, like who happens to be Japanese, are like in bed and she's like teaching him phrases i mean just that just like a minute or a second of that would have mm-hmm. like helped that scene go a little better it probably things like that yeah but i mean Poor if, they're, if they're not already going to show us that the <laughs> yeah. other stuff they're not going to show you him learning mm-hmm. japanese no you're right. they did rather show you uh two freaking scenes of him getting tatted up all right so here's the big white elephant now here um did you guys have an issue with him being a white dude in japan becoming part of the yakuza there's a lot of I, there's a lot of articles out here complaining about it, but I feel like I'm like, man, did you watch the movie? It doesn't yeah. matter. It didn't really matter. <laughs> they they nobody liked him to begin with. There was only one person rooting for him. I like, I I, I kind of had an issue with the fact that they didn't explain what he was doing there. Yeah, because I'm comparing this and cause I, the slack the flack that um, Last Samurai 20, uh, 2003 Tom, film received Cruise, a bit yeah. from Tom Cruise, but once again, I. I don't think a lot of people have saw that movie that make these they arguments just saw because a guy if you've seen the actual film, it makes a lot of sense. No, it it, it does, but I think like their their argument is that oh here like we can't do it. The 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 people who are part of the organization already can't do it. Here comes this this American, this outsider, uh, pun intended. That's hmm. gonna come here and show you guys how it's done. And yeah, they fail. But you know what? I don't think the he's fact ever... that he has that hubris that he can do that and it's like he dude, never shows that bravado though he never wants know, his life they he's arrogant ass. though and i'm like where is he I, arrogant from i poor writing yeah <laughs> it, it, to me it just feels like it's something that's been done before where it's like here we go an american in a you know foreign country and he's gonna learn guys. he's gonna learn you know their their things and say hey guys i can you know i can understand and be part of you it's like no they you know they were this is the fucking yakuza man this is the japanese mafia like, oh yeah this is stronger uh, than you yeah but i mean he never once to me showed. Well, he didn't show any emotion really. No. So how the fuck is supposed to know? <laughs> well, I and think like, I'm saying. Well, there's a twist near the end though, right. where in a way they yeah. Well, well, that's, the shit we'll out of spoilers on that. And one. that's where I'm like, I think that okay, he you know did what he did, and they're trying. The guy's vouching for him to be a you know part of this the Yakuza group uh, uh, family right now. But honestly, I would have liked it more if he was 
starting from the bottom and then working his way to earn it. Yes. The way they have him in there, he's already top level. Yes. And he's that's only got to do a couple yeah. extra things to to really show that he can join the family. See, and that changes the movie at this point, though. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, did you, and the see, fact that's, that, he that was, was just the difference welcomed? with Last Samurai is you see Tom Cruise's character go up. You know, his training, yeah. he's not yeah. accepted. It you, it's more believable that they're it's it they don't accept them until he really does something that's trustworthy yeah in this movie the outsider nick saves kiyoshi but i mean that's about it tom cruise does a lot more in the last samurai to earn the trust of the samurai and say okay maybe we can maybe we can try to accept you so that's where i differentiate them is they don't really like again exposition man that's all Uh, dude this this movie just you know uh, yeah yeah Regardless, though, we do like recommendations. We're not saying that um, they oh, ought yeah. to be winners. I will point out the two that we have been recommended. I don't know if it's a joke. Uh, <laughs> both on Netflix, both not the greatest. Well, please, please don't be discouraged from recommending stuff to us, though. We love it. Whether it's good or bad or mediocre, we'll, we'll watch it. We'll review it. We appreciate you guys, friends of the pod, coming to us yeah. and telling us, hey, check this out. Um, so keep doing it, you know. Because normally, the, the normal way we pick movies is Nabil throws up a bunch of names on a dartboard. <laughs> he blindly throws something at it, and that's the one we pick. Yeah, yeah. I mean, sometimes you get a bullseye. Sometimes yeah. I don't. Sometimes he doesn't. But definitely, you know, if you're watching it with us, give us some feedback. Let us know what you thought too. Because hey, you could have a different opinion from us. Yeah. We'd like to hear that too. Yeah, because um, truthfully, guys, uh, I don't think we need a spoiler section on this one. Yeah, we pretty much have touched upon that we don't like this film. Yeah, and it's so, not going to help you any further. Yeah, if we go into anything else, um, I don't, I can't quite recommend this one to anyone. Tell you the truth, if you liked watching a bunch of Japanese men in a boardroom talking about docs and oh, yeah, family they do, dynamics they do that for a little bit, and then whether or not to buy stocks. Yeah. The, oh yeah, they were talking about stocks too. If you like that kind of talk, oh subtitles though. So you got unless you understand Japanese, of course. Um, and watching Jared Leto quietly looking and nodding, then. That's that's a good film for you. I am with James on this. I can't. <laughs> yeah, I can't, I can't fucking recommend this. The, this movie had potential. I, it's funny I, though, cause looked, it's, like when the bill was saying it had potential. It, yeah. It's and, not the worst film. No, but it's like I said, it's not a good film. So no. I. They definitely end the film like it looks like they want to have a sequel. I don't oh, know. What oh, that fuck! Was about I hope either. not. I hope not. It's, well, if they no, that'd be weird. It would be weird. No, be but weird. it just kind of looks like. Sequel? Question mark. It, no, no. I mean, would I be? W- would my interest like be, you know, tempted to watch it? Maybe, but I probably wouldn't. I don't. It would pique my interest, but I don't think that I would want to watch yeah, it. I'm I, sure I, not. At I couldn't point. recommend it. Saying if you're a Jared Little fan, like I like Jared Little. Um, I like Jared Little too. Yeah, That's why I was disappointed. In it. It's not a film that I recommend to a Jared Little fan. Yeah. Um, I can't even recommend it to people who just like Japanese films as a whole because it doesn't touch really much on the culture. The Yakuza family dynamic really doesn't make any much sense. It's here. just a lot no. of stereotypes of like, yeah. Oh, it it really is. Yep. And the time period, I mean, has nothing to do with post World War Two. I think. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think my two favorite scenes, first off, was Nick getting in- inducted into the Yakuza. I, I kind of like, I'm not sure if that's the traditional way that, that it's done, but it's if it is, not. I thought that was pretty cool. <laughs> uh, you know, hey, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but my other favorite scene is, of course, Emil fucking Hirsch showing up. So I, I thought he, does, he yeah. fell off the face of the he earth. Show up. So, oh, man, such a shitty character. He had a, he had a good five yeah. minutes in that film zone. But I was, uh, dude, I was just thinking about him the other day, and I was like, man, I that's like my example Hirsch. of where it's just like oh, wow. one scene to the next, and now this is where his old friend sees him. Yeah, yeah. but I was certain yeah. it anywhere actually. Anywhere. Technically, they could have done the beginning. 
True. Matter. Uh, so yeah, don't. Uh, you don't need to don't, watch. I wouldn't recommend. Don't watch it. it. Yeah, we wouldn't no. recommend watch. Regardless, thanks for the. Uh, but thank you. Heads up. Keep them coming. Yeah, appreciate it. We like. You know, it's a different, probably different from what we would have chosen probably for the week. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone's a different opinion. Maybe a, if you did like it, tell us why. Leave a comment on Tell our us why we're wrong. Tell us, yeah. Tell me why, what you liked about it. and Come at us. Yeah. No, we <laughs> we love a healthy debate. Uh, that is the end of our review of The Outsider here. Once again, guys, thank you for listening here. Uh, like we talked about earlier, feedback, any response, reviews, we, we love them. Uh, how can they reach us, Marco? You all can reach us on Facebook at facebook.com slash moviepalspod or on Twitter at moviepalspod. Uh, retweet any of our posts. Uh, tag us on anything you share on Facebook. And yeah, like James was saying, please keep recommending stuff to us. Again, don't get discouraged by the fact that we didn't like this movie. Um, we welcome any type of genre. So let us know and we'll let you know our opinion of it. All right, and stay tuned for our next episode where we will be reviewing the highly anticipated Avengers Infinity War. Boom. Until next time, this is James. And Marco. And Nabil. Have a good one.